And that is O Come Emmanuel by two wonderful artists, Lindsay Sterling and Kuha O Case, who's actually a child prodigy at the piano, and he's only 17 years old. They both love music, and it's such a beautiful rendition of O Come Emmanuel. This is Stephanie Colvin with LDS Real People, Real Lives podcast. Thank you so much for joining us once again this week. And the episode, the topic for the episode this week is on Why Do I Need Christ? Inspired by a talk given by Elder D. Todd Christofferson of the Quorum of Twelve Apostles. Thank you so much for joining us. This talk given by Elder D. Todd Christofferson was actually given as a message at Christmas um, at BYU, December 12th of 2017. Again, it's titled, Why Do We Need Jesus Christ? And I had posed this question to several people um, on several different platforms, actually, in social media. I will share those responses later because they truly are very inspiring, very edifying and uplifting, and they truly helped me to deepen my own personal faith. So Elder Christofferson encourages us to dial down the noise this Christmas season and reflect on the wonder and the majesty of the Son of God. We are so blessed to be able to have these moments throughout the year, Easter and Christmas, to really take time to take a deep breath and focus on our Savior, Jesus Christ, his birth and his death. He has saved us at both of these milestone moments in the history of the earth, and we are grateful to him for his many sacrifices, his leadership, his example, and his infinite love 
for us. I do believe that it can be hard for us sometimes to appreciate fully what Christ achieved as an instrument in God's hands. He was in an environment that had constant opposition, persecution, and challenges. And hopefully in time we can come to understand all that he has done for us. And, you know, through Joseph Smith, the prophet, who restored Christ's gospel here on earth. We are so grateful to Prophet Joseph for all that he's done for us because this is the last and great dispensation. And Joseph Smith is at the head of this dispensation. The gospel will not be removed anymore from the earth. And this is the one dispensation that is destined to succeed even though all previous dispensations have ended in apostasy. You know, if you look at the translation and the publication of the Book of Mormon, it was a huge achievement and one that is foundational, of course, to the success of the Lord's cause in this last dispensation. It's through the Book of Mormon and by the prophet Joseph Smith's visions and revelations that he was able to reveal Jesus Christ for the modern era in his true character and as the only begotten son of God and the redeemer of mankind. Especially at this season, we remember Prophet Smith's personal relationship with the Savior and the testimony, last of all, which he gave of Christ, was that he lives Joseph's witness of the living Christ brings to mind the statement of President Gordon B. Hinckley. And President Hinckley said, There would be no Christmas if there had been no Easter. The babe Jesus of Bethlehem would be but another baby without the redeeming Christ of Gethsemane and Calvary and the triumphant fact of the resurrection. So let's talk a little bit about why do we, you and me, need Christ. A while ago, a person who um, was a member of the church for many years had asked Elder Christopherson, Why do I need Jesus Christ? I keep the commandments. I'm a good person. Why do I need a Savior? And that really caught... Elder Christofferson off guard um, that this church member failed to understand the most fundamental part of our doctrine, of Christ's doctrine. This is a foundational element of the plan of salvation. And Elder Christofferson responded, saying, Well, to start with, there is this small matter of death. I assume you don't want your death to be your final status, and without Jesus Christ, there would be no resurrection. He went on to talk about other things with this church member, such as the need that even the best people have for the forgiveness and cleansing that is possible only through the Savior's atoning grace. At another level, however, the question might be, Can't God do whatever he wants and save us just because he loves us 
without the need for a savior. When it's phrased this way, and it quite often is in today's world, they believe in God and a post-mortal existence, but assume that because God loves us, it doesn't matter so much what we do or don't do. He just takes care of things. Now, this philosophy has ancient roots. Um, Nahor, for example, Nahor had testified unto the people that all mankind should be saved at the last day and that they need not fear nor tremble, but that they might lift up their heads and rejoice. For the Lord had created all men and had also redeemed all men, and in the end all men should have eternal life. So in Nahor's doctrine, he preaches an approach to salvation put forth honestly and truthfully by Lucifer. Now, Lucifer, of course, is a son of the morning and surely is one of the most tragic of figures. As God once explained, Lucifer is the same which was from the beginning, and he came before me, saying, Behold, here am I, send me. I will be thy son, and I will redeem all mankind, that not one soul shall be lost, and surely I will do it. Wherefore, give me thine honor." But behold, my beloved son, God says, which was my beloved and chosen from the beginning, said unto me. Actually, this is Jesus Christ, excuse me. Father, thy will be done and the glory be thine forever. You can see the differences between the two who stepped up when there was a savior required as part of this plan of salvation. And we had this meeting in heaven and the pre-mortal existence, and we had to bring it all together because God truly is, a, you know, a house of order is what he runs. And Satan would rob us of our independence. He would take our, our agency away from us, and we know that agency is a divine gift and is truly heavenly. So I think another obvious difference between the two is that Lucifer wanted complete control and he wanted the glory, whereas Christ was giving the glory to God forever. And this is not simply a case of Christ supporting the Father's plan and Lucifer proposing a slight modification. Lucifer's proposal would have destroyed the plan by eliminating our opportunity to again act independently. His plan was founded on coercion making all the other sons and daughters of God, all of us, essentially puppets. And as the Father sums it up, Wherefore, because that Satan rebelled against me and sought to destroy the agency of man, which I, the Lord God, had given him, and also that I should give unto him mine own power by the power of mine only begotten, I caused that he should be cast down, and he became Satan, yea, even the devil, the father of all lies, to deceive and to blind men and to lead them captive at his will, even as many as would not hearken unto my voice. But by contrast, doing it the Father's way offers us an essential mortal experience. So by mortal experience, what does he mean? Choosing our course, tasting the bitter that we might know to prize the good, learning, repenting, and growing 
becoming beings that are capable of acting for ourselves rather than be acted upon and ultimately overcoming evil and demonstrating our desire and ability to, to live a celestial life, to choose for ourselves. And this requires a knowledge of good and evil on our part. We have to have opposition in all things. We have to be able to choose between the capacity and the opportunity. And it requires accountability for choices that are made. Otherwise, they aren't really choices. Choice in turn requires law or predictable outcomes, consequences, and we must be able by a particular action or choice to cause an outcome or result. And by the opposite choice, create the opposite outcome. So if actions don't have fixed consequences, then one has no control over the outcomes and then choice becomes meaningless. So we have to have law and justice. Alma states in chapter 42, verse 13, now the work of justice, that is the operation of law, cannot be destroyed. If so, God would cease to be God. It is his perfect understanding and use of law, or in other words, God's justice, that gives him his power. We need the justice of God, a system of fixed and immutable laws that he himself abides by and employs so that we can have and exercise agency. And this justice is the foundation of our freedom to act and is our only path to ultimate happiness. The Lord tells us in Doctrine and Covenants, section 88, verse 34, that which is governed by law is also preserved by law and perfected and sanctified by the same. But we have to admit that none of us has always and unfailingly been governed by law. And we really cannot look to the law or justice to preserve and perfect us when we have broken the law. So being just, but also being motivated by love, our Heavenly Father created mercy. And he did this by offering his only begotten son as uh, propitiation for our sin. A sinless being who could, with his atonement, satisfy justice for all of us, putting us right with the law so that it is once again supporting and preserving us, not condemning us. So Alma goes on to explain, and now the plan of mercy could not be brought about except an atonement should be made. Therefore, God himself atoneth for the sins of the world to bring about the plan of mercy to appease the demands of justice that God might be a perfect, just God and a merciful God also. But there is a law given and a punishment or consequence affixed and a repentance granted, which repentance mercy claimeth. Otherwise, justice claimeth the creature and executeth the law, and the law inflicteth the punishment. If not so, the works of justice would be destroyed, and God would cease to be God. In Alma chapter 42, verse 15 and 22 through 23, But God ceaseth not to be God, and mercy claimeth the penitent, and mercy cometh because of the atonement. So the penitent, of course, are those who take responsibility and accept his mercy by repenting. 
Or in other words, repenting is what we do to claim the gracious gift of forgiveness that a just father in heaven can offer us because his beloved son atoned for our sins. This is what Christ volunteered to do for us so that we can return home so that we could come back and once again live with him and Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother. Christ had to come to the world so that he could give us the atonement, the infinite atonement. Because of the atonement of Christ, we can recover from our very poor choices. Because of the atonement, the impact on us of other sins and mistakes and every other injustice is redressed. To be made whole and to be made holy, we need a savior. So the answer to our question is no, God cannot act any way he pleases to save a person. He cannot be arbitrary and also be just. And if he is not just, he is not God. Therefore, salvation and exaltation must be accomplished in a way that upholds and conforms to immutable law to justice. And thanks be to God, he has upheld justice by providing us with a savior. Let it be noted that in the great premortal council that Lucifer was not volunteering to be our savior. He wasn't interested in suffering or dying or shedding any of his blood on our behalf. He was not seeking to become the embodiment of justice, but to become a law unto himself. Lucifer essentially was saying to the father, give me thine honor. He wanted to rob the honor and glory from God. And Lucifer was also saying, give me the right to rule, intending to exercise that power capriciously. The law would be whatever he said it was at any given moment. And in that way, no one could be an independent actor. Lucifer would be supreme and no one else could advance. We would all be his puppets. Jesus, on the other hand, he understood that both inalterable justice and mercy would be required for his brothers and sisters to progress. With the Father, he was seeking not to coerce and dominate us, but to free and lift us up so that we might be above all and have all power with the Father. See, Heavenly Father's wanting to share these heavenly powers and gifts and talents. And we ought to rejoice that this firstborn son in the spirit was willing to become the only begotten son in the flesh, to suffer incomprehensibly and die to redeem us. And he perfectly unites justice and mercy. He saves us from ourselves and our sins, not in our sins, but from our sins. And he also redeems us from the fall, from spiritual and physical death, and he opens the door to immortality and eternal life. It would be impossible to plumb the depths of his love. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. And that's Isaiah chapter 53, verses 4 through 5. So we give adoration to the infant Jesus. Glory be to God.
As Christmas approaches, I realize that some may have concerns and anxiety about the future. We all do. We have lots going on right now. Um, there may be a lot of noise. A lot of constant engagement online without downtime. Without time to be quiet and to reflect and to think. There may be no time at all to look inside and discern where you are and where you should be going. You may be influenced by unrealistic expectations such as perfection should be immediate or uninterrupted happiness and success should be the norm in life. But I hope that you will lay aside these misconceptions and dial down the noise, Elder Christofferson says. And take some time this Christmas season, at least an hour, if not more, to reflect on the wonder and the majesty of the Son of God. Let it be an hour of reassurance and renewal for you. On a prior Christmas time, Elder Christofferson wrote this message. When we talk about the birth of Jesus Christ, we appropriately reflect on what was to follow. His birth was infinitely significant because of the things he would experience and suffer so that he might better succor us, all culminating in his crucifixion and resurrection. But, Elder Christofferson continues, I also think it's appropriate this time of year just to think about that baby in the manger. Don't be too overwhelmed or occupied with what is to come. Take a quiet, peaceful moment to ponder the beginning of his life, the culmination of heavenly prophecy, but the earthly beginning for him. So at the beginning, I mentioned that I had posed this question, why do I need Christ on several social media platforms? And I received a lot of answers and I will be sharing that next. And what I learned the most is that we truly, truly are nothing without our Savior, Redeemer, and Advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, who loves you, and He loves me, and He loves us all-encompassing perfectly. I wanted to share some of the responses that I received over social media When I reached out through Facebook and Instagram asking um, followers and people who um, participate why they need Christ. What I found after reading all of the comments and collecting them is that my own faith has grown and I've learned so much about Christ um, that my knowledge and my relationship with him has grown and become deeper with more conviction. Uh, I'm going to start with to know who I am, why I'm here, where I'm going. Christ tells me these things. Again, this is their answers to the question of why do I need Christ? Christ is the only one who perfectly understands the hardships that we are going through. And because of this, he is able to comfort us perfectly. I need him because without him, I am nothing. Christ is always, always there for us, no matter what. We're never alone. He is my everything. 
my every breath, my Lord and Savior, even my Redeemer, and I am blessed to know and have him guide me. He makes me feel loved. He gives me peace. He helps me to love others, and he gives me strength to overcome my trials. I hope like the innkeeper, I can offer him food, shelter, and warmth. Excuse me. Because he loves me no matter what I do, I can always go to him in prayer as long as I keep the door open. I need him to always guide and direct me. Without Jesus Christ in my life, it would have been miserable because I have him in my life now. I have the strength to continue to look forward with an eye of faith, having a firm belief that I will get through any challenge. I love him and I know that he lives. I am so thankful for his atoning sacrifice for us all. We are at a time in our lives where we really need his guidance and we need to be very prayerful and listen to the Holy Ghost. I think more now than ever, I could not live through this life without him. I need Jesus Christ because he is my Savior and Redeemer. There is profound meaning in knowing that we are part of a grand plan conceived by the Most High God, our Heavenly Father, and carried out by His divine and beloved Son, Jesus Christ. The plan is fraught with peril, but Christ has given us His law and bids us to keep it. And to those who strive to keep His law of purity and righteous living, we are humbled beyond words to be called by Him, His friends. And what greater privilege can there be than to be the friend of the Creator and the Savior of the world? It is with tears of emotion so great that our mortal frame can hardly bear the realization that we are a friend to that extraordinary being who rules the heavens and the earth. Just as he enjoyed a meal and conversation in the homes of those he visited during his mortal ministry, one day he may greet us warmly and be a guest in our homes and enjoy our hospitality and we his engaging and enlightening conversation. Don't you just feel their faith, their love for Jesus Christ? And it just comes across with such emphatic conviction. It's just been such a joy to be able to assemble these responses. There's even more. Jesus Christ is my Savior and Redeemer, and I'm grateful for his infinite atonement. I need my Savior to make it through every day, especially right now. My husband being in the ICU with COVID-19 and on a ventilator, I need him every day, even when things are going well. I always need him. Nobody lives on his own, as nobody existed without woman, right? So are we existing because of the creator of our world and us, and why not? He even humbled himself to go through our experience so that he would know how to sucker with us in our probationary state. With Christ in my life, it makes me in order, peace, and most of all guides me when I'm in the darkest part of my life. He is my light. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Everyone are invited to come follow him because he 
is a perfect example that we are counseled to follow him. His great atoning sacrifice gives us a chance to go back in the presence of our loving Heavenly Father. I need Christ in my life because he has unconditional love for me. And even when I make awful, terrible decisions, he will help me get out of trouble and with amazing results. I believe that he will do that for the whole world because he truly cares. I need him every hour. Jesus Christ is our light, our life, and our joy. I need him to help me to do what's right. He guides, forgives, and comforts. I need Jesus Christ because he has the word to eternity and that salvation. Make time for Christ because he always makes time for you. I need him for help and support for dealing with physical and debilitating mental issues. I also need him in my everyday goings on. I am a return member after many years of inactivity. And when I returned, there was such a great rush of the spirit that went through me and I didn't ever want to let it go. It has slowed down since then, but I will never lose it because I need him to get me through each and every day. I need him because I can't do it alone, and without him in my life, there's absolutely no way I could be able to have eternal life. Christ is eternal life. I need the peace that he brings into my life. I need the strength that I gain because I know there is a plan. It's comforting to know that he makes up the difference when I fall short. If I didn't have Christ in my life, I wouldn't be alive. He is purpose when I see no reason. He assures me the way back to my heavenly father and my heavenly home, healed of all sorrow and pain. He brings hope when there is a feeling that there is none, because he can heal a broken heart with his infinite love. My sorrows and trials are easier to bear because he gives me strength. He dispels the fear and brings true peace into my life. I am better because of him. He is the truth, the light, and the way. He is my anchor to heaven. I look to him for comfort, strength, peace, solace, and light. He is an anchor for me to heaven. Christ is our life, and without him, we are nothing. Life without Christ is meaningless. I need Jesus Christ in my life. Because without him, it is impossible for me to return in the presence of our loving Heavenly Father. He is also my hope, my strength, and my guidance. And he provides all my needs as long as I will exercise my faith unwaveringly. With Jesus Christ in our life, we can have everything. Redemption from sin and death. Mercy and forgiveness. Love beyond anything we can imagine here. Christ multiplies everything that he touches, whether it be multiplying fish, feeding the 5,000, or gathering sheaves. Without Christ, I am nothing, and with Christ, I can have everything. God be thanked for sending his only begotten Son, and Christ be thanked for not only coming, but being faithful to his Father and our Father and to his mission. 
I love him with all that I have and I am. I love Christmas and Easter because it's an opportunity to declare our lives and our love to him. We can also do that every day. I need Christ so that I can repent. I need Christ in my life so that I can have hope and faith. Without him, I wouldn't even be here. My life was so dark without him. Coming to know him has given me a reason to keep going, to keep living, and following him gives me joy and peace. I need Christ so that I can repent. I need Christ in my life because I cannot move forward without his blessings and his love. And this gentleman says, 25 years ago, I chose to be reborn through my Savior, Jesus Christ. It has been a marvelous blessing, letting go of darkness. I experienced a special dream where I heard these words, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. It is the light of Christ that softened my heart and opened the door to share this beautiful message of hope with others. With Christ, life is full of meaning, and I know I can be free to make my own choices. With Christ, I can be healed from what others have done and how they have wronged me. The Savior is my peace in the eye of the storm, and the storm in the form of illness, problems in our nation, weaknesses I must carry, trials I try to help loved ones carry. In spite of it all, I can feel peace and love. I know he shoulders most of my load, and he gives me beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. I need him every hour, with him near, fears abate, pain is lessened, and I am so blessed. And with Christ, I can be a better person. I received over a hundred responses to that uh, question to prepare and get ready for this episode. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of similarities in what people are saying, but then there's also a lot of very unique and individual differences that are singular to that person and their circumstances. Let's face it, life is rough and things happen that just shouldn't sometimes. Um, There can be in this world, in this proving ground, a lot of pain and suffering and just plain awful meanness. And Christ is the only way that we can get through these rough patches that can be so tough and bring us down. And there can be a lot of darkness that tries to engulf us. And Christ can be our light. He can be our hope and peace. We would be so lost without him. He gives us redemption. He is our advocate with the Father. And he gives us the hope of salvation. He truly is our Liahona and can be our moral compass in all things. Because Christ doesn't want us to bear our burdens alone. He is always there. And true followers of Jesus Christ have the privilege of experiencing unspeakable joy forever. I know that a loving Heavenly Father and a loyal, wise, and yet humble Jesus Christ responded and accepted being the Savior of the world. He was born in a lowly manger and was an example to all in healing the sick and afflicted. He saw the lowly and poor and went out to all who would listen. 
He is the example I would follow in his perfect life and teachings. I could always count on him as he suffered all afflictions and understands our sufferings and our sorrows. There are no exceptions or limitations to his love and his comfort. He will come again and I want him to know me because of my love for him and my commitment to his teachings. I am a believer and I would be lost without the spiritual knowledge that I know him and I adore him. He is the Prince of Peace and all can be made right through his atonement. That last statement was from my mom. My mom often exemplifies Christ for our family and I'm so grateful for her example, for her unconditional love and her firm guidance. And lastly, he is the God of life. He is everything in life. And we need to become one with him in order to not be spiritually dead because he is eternal life. I received an email message from somebody who um, responded to that question that I had posed, why do I need Christ? And this gentleman is 39 years old. He's a convert to the gospel. He's been a member for about 20 years. Next year, he's going to be celebrating that milestone. And he has been greatly blessed by Father in Heaven that he has a very real and strong testimony of the truth of the Book of Mormon, which saved his life. He knows Christ is real and that he lives, and he wanted to share a poem. Um, It's a great poem. He's been writing writing poetry since he was a boy, and it's the best way that he um, really likes to express his soul and uh, what his beliefs are through this gift. And the poem is titled, My Savior. I'm grateful for a loving brother and friend, my Savior, my Lord, Jesus Christ. He has saved me and given me a new life, a new heart. Each day he offers me new hope. I know he died for me so that I can repent of my many sins and be forgiven. He has made the way for me to come home. He is the way. I'm grateful for the gift of his atonement by which I can fly upon eagle wings. He is my redeemer. His love and power continue to redeem me. He restores me and gives me peace. I know he lives and he's on my side, in my corner, cheering me on. My joys are his, my pains he shares. Over time, he has become my joy. He is my personal savior. He knows my name. He is always there. His voice calms my storms and his spirit guides me. His example is one I try best to follow. Though my steps are imperfect, he sets the perfect path. His love is constant as the stars. His name alone gives me hope. He is the light of the world, and darkness fades when I speak his name. Lord, lead me. Lord, help me. Be my strength. I humbly serve you for all my days. His name be praised. I need thee every hour in joy or pain. Come quickly and abide, O life is vain. My faith rests upon him. My love for him will never cease. 
He teaches me how to love. He teaches me how to forgive. And because of him, I live. He truly is. Charity is the pure love of Christ. It's just so beautiful hearing and seeing so many people share all of the reasons why they know that they need Christ in their lives. It was just so inspiring and compelling to just stay rooted, to really rejoice, especially right now for the month of December. We are going to be doing a continued series of everyone's responses because the responses keep coming in on why they need Christ. And I feel like each and every one of them needs to be said and needs to be seen. So you can find those responses and that series on my Instagram page at LDSRPRLpodcast. You can also come and find me on Facebook and follow the page, LDS Real People Real Lives Podcast. It has been such a great experience for us to be able to collect these responses to really feel the faith and testimony that these people have all over the world for our savior and redeemer jesus christ and we get an opportunity to really celebrate his birth this month and really sit and think and reflect on what he means to us how important he is to us and how much we love him As always, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate your support, your time, and I hope that the Spirit was able to work with you, to lift you up, to edify you, to continue to nourish and grow that foundation of faith. Be safe. Be careful. I hope you had a great, wonderful Thanksgiving holiday. And remember to be kind, for everyone you meet is truly fighting a hard battle. And keep your faith. Until next week, much love and God bless.